Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Well, what is up, LifeGate? Good morning! Man, it is so great to see all of you here at LifeGate today. I am so excited about this season that we are in as a church, as we have been doing this series called Dreams, but it's more than just a series. I am just believing that this is a year of dreams. So everybody say, year of dreams. Year of dreams. That in 2020, that God is renewing our vision, that he is giving us new dreams, that he is enlarging our dreams for what he has in store for our lives. I'm just telling you what, it's been a fantastic season as we are in day seven of our 20 days of prayer and how awesome it has been that every day at noon, from noon to one, we've been meeting here at the church on Monday through Friday to just pray together. And so many of you have joined me for that. I'm telling you, those have been powerful times. In fact, some of you have been here every single day so far. That has been awesome. Others of you hadn't had a chance to join us for that, but I'm just going to tell you we're going to do it this next two weeks as well, uh, Monday through Friday, noon to one, you can come and join us. Or if you can't get to the church, we're putting those online as well, so you can join us for that. But then it's not just a day, uh, 20 days of fa- of prayer, but it's also 20 days of fasting. And so some of you have already joined us in that. Some of you are like, I'm not really sure about the whole fasting thing, don't know what to do. Well, we've put some resources online. If you just go to lifegateburleson.com slash pray, there are some different ways that you can join us in fasting. And some of you have already done that, and I just want to congratulate you. You're already on day seven. Come on, you're doing good, and you are surviving, right? In fact, I'm looking at some of y'all, look like you lost a couple pounds since I saw saw you last week. You do, you do. In fact, just look at your neighbor, tell them you look like you lost a couple pounds. Come on, just tell them. Tell them. How many know everybody likes to hear that, you know, whether it's true or not? You want to hear that a little bit. And I've been doing the fasting thing uh, as well. We actually decided to kind of do it together as a family in our family. And so I've been doing kind of my version of it. It's on the, actually online. Uh, One of the ways you can fast is what we call the Esther fast. And that is where you fast from sun up to sun down. And so that's what I've been doing. I've never been so happy to see the sun go down at night. Come on, how many know I'm talking about? Because I get hangry, you know what I'm saying? And then my wife, she's doing a fast. And then my daughter even have joined us in on that as they're doing a partial fast and they've kind of got their own way that they're doing it. And even our son, Easton, who is four years old, is actually joining joining us in fasting. Now that wasn't intentional. It's just that I wasn't eating lunch and I had him one day and forgot to feed him. Come on, you know what I'm saying? And so he just joined in on all the fasting fun. And I just really believe that the momentum of our church is really beginning to build as we're just saying, God, we are all in on this thing. God, we want to dream your dreams. We want to have a more clear focus on the vision that you have for us. And that's what this year has really been all about. I'm just believing that even in this season, that that those of you that maybe did not have a dream, that God is beginning to implant and impart his dream in your life, that maybe 
maybe some of you are kind of chasing after the wrong dreams, but God is really rerouting your life and really reorganizing your priorities to say, God, I want your dream for my life. Others of you, maybe at one point you had a dream that, that was burning inside of your heart, but for whatever reason, it's just kind of began to fizzle out a little bit. But I just believe that God is bringing those things back to the surface. He is fanning those things into flame. And so many of your lives, I already see that happening. Then there are some of you that maybe you do have a dream. You know what your dream is. You just don't know what the next steps are. You need some clarity on that as we are praying and as we are fasting and as we are digging in to God's word. Man, I believe with all of my heart that God is bringing us new dreams. He is restoring dreams. He is expanding our vision to see what he has in store for us. In fact, we've kind of had this key thought that has really just kind of driven us through this series and through this time. The key thought goes like this. You don't need a resolution. What you need is a dream. So everybody look at your neighbor. Point at him. Tell him, you need a dream. Come on. Tell him, you need a dream. You need a dream. Tell him on the other side. You need a dream. You need a dream. And and here's what we've discovered. Like, there's nothing wrong with a resolution. Some of y'all have some resolutions that you are working towards. And man, I'm proud of you for that. And that is great. But how many know there is something that is better than a New Year's resolution? And that is when we begin to get the vision inside of our heart. A dream from God for our lives. And man, that is what we have been talking about. Now, to this point in this series, what we have talked about is we've talked about your dream. But here's what we're going to do today is we're going to flip the script. So everybody say, flip the script. We're going to flip the script. And here's what we're going to do is we're going to talk about not your dream. We're going to talk about God's dream. How many know today that God also has a dream for what he wants to do on this planet? Amen? And here's what I know is that God's dream for your life will be in line with his dream for what he wants to do upon this planet. And the more we get to know God's dream, the more he will begin to then reveal his dream and how he wants to work through us because our dream should be in line with God's dream. But here's the deal is most of us never even consider that. Most of us, when we're thinking about our dream for our lives, we never really even consider like, God, what is it that you want to do? In fact, it reminds me of a story I heard about a pastor. He's actually a very famous pastor. Many of you would probably know him if I said his name. And, and he tells a story about how he gathered together a group of leaders, about a hundred of his top leaders in his church, and he began to just ask them this question. He gave them a slip of paper and said, I want you to write down some dreams, and here's what I want you to write down. Like, if you knew that money was no object, if, if you knew that, that you could attempt something and you didn't have to worry about how much it costs and you wouldn't have to worry about failure, like, what would you dream of? And he said as he asked the question, he fully expected that, I mean, these are the top leaders in the church that he would get back the slips of paper and they would say things like, man, if money were no object and if I didn't have to worry about failing, then man, the dream of my life would be to build an orphanage for children in a, in a country that don't have homes. Or my, 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 the dream of my life would be to go into the inner city and mentor boys that don't have a father. Or the dream of my life would be to dig water wells and places that don't have clean water. The dream of my life would be to plant churches in in, in cities that don't have churches. And and he thought the dream of their life would be to make an impact for the kingdom of God. He said, and yet he was so surprised and even really, really disappointed and heartbroken.
broken when the top leaders of his church, when he got the questions back, the people said things like this, if money were no object, then this is what I'd do. I'd build that dream house that I always wished that I could have. I'd buy that sports car that I always wanted to drive. If money were no issue, then oh, oh, what I'd do is I'd, I'd go on that vacation that I'd always want to go on. I'd buy, I'd buy that boat. And he said, as I read those, my heart was broken because I thought, is that really what we think? All there is really to it? Do we really think that God loved the world so much that he sent the best that he had, his only son, so that the deepest dream of our life could be to build a bigger house or to buy a boat. Let me just tell you something. Nothing wrong with having a nice house or driving a nice car. Nothing wrong with buying a boat. Although I have heard that the two best days of your life are when you buy a boat and when you sell a boat. Come on, anybody ever heard that before? (laughs) Nothing wrong with all of those things. And yet, really, are all of those things truly to be the dream of our lives? Are they in line with God's dream on this earth? I'm telling you, man, God is breaking my heart for this idea of saying, God, I want what you want. I want my dream to be in line with your dream. In fact, what if we could be a church and a people who would say, I am going to leverage all that I have, all of my dreams to make God's dream come true on this earth. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth, in Burleson, in Crowley, in the surrounding areas, as it is in heaven. That's what I want to challenge you with today. Could you make God's dream be your dream? Now some of you say, well if I'm going to do that then I need to know what God's dream is. Well, let me just tell you a little bit today about, about God's dream for this earth. In fact, I don't, I don't pretend to know everything that is in the heart of God. And I know that he has so many more things in his heart that I have not seen or ears not heard, mind is not yet conceived. And yet, I believe that through the scripture that he has actually given us an insight into his heart and his dream for this planet. In fact, what I want to do is I'm going to give you four things that I think are God's dream for this planet. And then we'll break them down just a little bit and then we'll talk about how they attain or how they pertain to us and to our lives a little bit today. But if you're taking notes, you can write them down. Here's God's dream. You ready for this? God's dream are these four things that lost people would be saved, that saved people would be healed, that healed people would be discipled and trained and raised up and grow so that those people could be sent out into a world so that more people who are lost can come to him. That's God's dream. What's God's dream for this planet? That those who are lost, that those who don't have relationship with him, that lost people would be saved. But how many know it doesn't just stop there that, hey, I raised my hand and I prayed a prayer of salvation and now I'm going to heaven. But God's dream continues beyond that, that lost people would be saved. But then when they are saved, guess what happens? We have all kinds of baggage and all kinds of hurt and all kinds of struggles and addictions and pains. And God says, I want to save you, but I don't want to just save you. Like I want to bring you into a place of health and freedom and healing. I want to bring deliverance into their lives. And then when they come to that point of being able to be healed, then he says, hey, I got a purpose for your life for you to be able to live out. And I want you to be discipled and trained and grow so that then you can be sent out to make a difference. That's God's dream for this planet. 
In fact, we see it all through the scriptures today. I want to just take a minute and, and look at just a couple, of, a couple of passages throughout the Bible. One in the Old Testament and a couple in the New Testament that really just kind of reveal God's dream to us. And we see these four things. I could have given you a dozen scriptures today, but I'll just give you a couple of them today. First, we see it in Exodus. Look what it says. That God says, therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will what? Say these words. I will bring you out. What's that talking about? It's talking about people who are lost being saved, right? And then look what he says. He says, out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will then what? I will free you from being slaves. What is he talking about? I'm not just going to save you and bring you out, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to free you. I'm going to give you freedom and healing. And, 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 and how many know, even in this situation, that the Israelites didn't just need to get out of Egypt. They needed to get Egypt out of them. Come on, how many know what I'm saying? And he says, hey, I'm going to save you. Then I'm going to heal you. And then look what's going to happen. I'm going to redeem you. Everybody say, redeem you. What's that talking about? Redeem. That means to set something back to its original purpose. And what was he saying? He's saying, hey, I want lost people to be saved, and then I want saved people to be healed, and then I want healed people to discover the purpose that I have for them. I want them to grow as disciples so that in turn, look what will happen, then they will be my people. Everybody say, my people. Now notice this. This wasn't, this wasn't singular. This was plural. What's it talking about? It's talking about, hey, I want you to be a part of my team so that you can make a difference around the world. Lost people saved, saved people healed, healed people discipled, discipled people sent. Let's look at another one in the New Testament. This is Jesus speaking. And look what he says in Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15. He says to them, go into all the world. And what? Say these words. And preach the gospel. What's that talking about? It's talking about lost people saved, right? And then look what he says to all creation. And whoever believes will be what? Will be baptized. What's that talking about? It's not just talking about the ceremony that we have of baptism. It's talking about, hey, there is a next step. After you get saved, there is a step that, that, that means that your life is being changed. That you are being healed from the junk in your life. And then look what he says. And he says, uh, after they have been baptized, then these signs will accompany them. What is he talking about? He's talking about your life's going to be changed and you're going to look different. You're going to act different. You're going to walk different. You're going to talk different and everybody's going to notice that you're not just saved and you're not just healed, but you are growing as a disciple. Come on, y'all tracking with me? And then look what's going to happen. And then the disciples went out everywhere and what? And preached. What is that? That is trained people being sent out to do the work of God. This is God's dream for this planet. Lost people saved. Saved people healed. Healed people trained and discipled. And discipled people sent out into the world to make a difference. Come on, I might just preach a little bit today. Look at another one. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5. I love this one. This is one Paul speaks to the church of Ephesians. And he just says the same thing. These four things. He says, but because of his great love for us. God who is rich in mercy. Made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions. And it is by grace you have been what? You have been saved. What's that talking about? You were dead, but now you are alive. You were lost, but now you have been saved. Save, or lost people saved. Then look what he says in verse 6. And God what? Raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. What's that talking about? Not just being saved, but then being raised up to a new place. A place of life change. Being able to be free and delivered and healed from the junk in your past. So that then what can happen? Look on down to verse number 10. For we are 
are God's handiwork. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. What's that talking about? That God wants to save us, then he wants to heal people, and then he wants to do a work in their life to, to, to give them a purpose and to be discipled and to be trained and to be, to be grown up and matured so that they can do what? So that they can do good works. What is that? That is those of us who have been healed and those of us who have been saved and those of us who are being discipled then are sent out to do the work that God has given us. This is God's dream for this planet. Lost people saved. Saved people healed. Healed people discipled so that those discipled people can be sent. Now I want you to think about this for just a minute. And all four of those things, what's the one common denominator? It's one thing. What is it? That word people. If you want to really break down God's dream into even just one word, I'll tell you what God's dream is. God's dream is people. People who are lost. Come into relationship with him. People even who are saved and yet still are struggling with all kinds of baggage and junk to be able to be delivered and be healed and be set free from that stuff so that they can walk in the kind of life that God intends for us to walk, but not just to be saved so we can go to heaven and not just to be free so we can have a good life, but to be trained and discipled and to grow in the things of God so that then we can be sent out so that more people who are lost can come to relationship with him. And at the very heart of that, at the very heart of God's dream is just this idea is that God's dream is for people. And how many know today, if that's God's dream, then shouldn't that be our dream too? If God's dream is for those who are hurting and lost in our community that don't know him to come to know him so they can be healed and discover a purpose and make a difference in this world, then shouldn't that be everything that we give our lives to as well? Sometimes, guys, like it's easy to get distracted from that. Sometimes, I'll just be real and be transparent with you for just a little bit today. Sometimes it's easy to get our eyes off of the whole purpose and the reason that we're doing what we're doing in the first place. Because guess what? Life has all kinds of stuff going on. And there are all kinds of distractions. And there are all kinds of frustrations. And there are all kinds of disappointments. And sometimes, like, you don't really want to love people because they're hard to love. Come on, anybody know any extra grace required people in your life? Come on. Don't point at them if you're sitting next to them. But, like, how many know it's just true? And so, the truth is, is it's really easy to lose focus on what it's all about. What did Jesus say it was all about? He says it's all about loving God and loving people. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That's his dream. And yet many times we don't even consider God's dream when we're thinking about our dream. It's easy to lose focus. It's easy as a church to lose focus. It's easy to get so busy doing church that we forget that it's all about being the church. And what's, it, what's being the church all about? It's about helping people. Lost people get saved. Saved people get healed. Healed people get trained so that they can be sent out so that more lost people can be saved. And this is something that God has just been dealing with my heart about as we've moved into 2020. And I just pray and just saying, God, what does this year need to look like? God, I want it to be a year of dreams. I believe you've put that in my heart that you're going to give dreams and visions this year. And here's what God has just been speaking to my heart about is that here's what I want you to do is I want you to go back to the original dream. What was the original dream? I mean, first of all, the original dream from the scripture, but what was the original dream for the church? I shared with you a little bit about it 
a couple of weeks ago. God just dealing with my heart and just saying, what'd you do when you first came to the church? When you first came here 14 years ago to plant this church, what did that look like? And I just started thinking about, what did I do? And, and what was my dream? And what was in my heart back 14 years ago? And I just, I just kind of put myself in that place. And I, I remember 14 years ago, man, we moved to this town. And it wasn't because we just had to live in Burleson. It's a great place to live. But we didn't choose it because of that. We didn't choose it because we had a house here. Because we didn't have a house here. We didn't choose it because we had, we had a church here. We didn't have a church. We didn't have a building. We didn't have people. It was just me and Amber and two little girls at that time. Like, we didn't have any of that. But I'll tell you what it was. It was about this burden in my heart that God had given me for the people who live in this area. And man, everywhere I went, man, I remember I'd drive around town. And I'd just pray, God, just, God, just help me to see people the way you see them. And I'd drive around tears well up in my eyes. I remember one time specifically, we're sitting over at Chili's over here off 35, and you know how busy it gets on the weekend, and there's all these people around, and I'm just sitting around, and I'm just looking at these families with these children, and God just like putting this deep burden inside of my heart to say, man, that's the people that I sent you here to reach, and God just putting that dream in my heart to just to reach people so they could be saved, and their lives, their lives could be changed. That's the vision, lives being changed. I remember, you know, I told you a couple weeks ago about about going to Chick-fil-A. Come on, God's restaurant. How many know what I'm saying? Come on, closed on Sunday. You're my Chick-fil-A. Come on, anybody know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and going to Chick-fil-A and just like my little girls letting them play in the playground, but not just letting them play in the pray, playground, but just sitting there praying, God, send somebody somebody to the playground so that I can pray over them. I can talk to them. I can invite them to church. I remember going to the burger box. I told you about that. And my friends Chong and he that I met there and just praying over them. I know all of my illustrations seem to include eating. I don't know. Maybe it's because we're in the middle of a fast. I don't know. But I remember my friend Will who I met through the local life uh, magazine. We advertised there and he was one of the salesmen for that and just, just praying for him every day, every day, every day, every day, every day praying for him. I remember when we first started the church and some of the things that we did in those early years uh, that man, it was just all about how do we reach people. I remember when we first moved into this building uh, over here and it was a, a former church and we were a new church and so we were just wanting the people in the community, the neighborhood to know that you know, we're not the same church, it's a different church and so we changed the sign but we didn't want to just just changed the sign. Like we wanted to tell the people in the neighborhood that we were here to serve them. And so we did some, some crazy stuff. I mean, we would like one, one day on a Saturday, we asked people who, come, who came to the church to just come and help us to bring their lawnmowers and their weed eaters and their leaf blowers and all that kind of stuff. And we just went right on these, right across the street in this neighborhood all around. And we just went up to their door and just knocked on their door and said, hey, we're here at this new church that just opened up just right around the corner. And we just want you to know we don't need any money. We're not asking you to tent. We're just here to serve you. Could we mow your yard? Could we blow your leaves? Could we edge your yard? Is there anything that you have for us to do that we could do? Because we're just here to serve. It was all about people. I remember one time, like, like during those early years of church, instead of having a church service one time, we decided on a Sunday morning, instead of coming and hearing a sermon and singing some songs, we all gathered at the church and we said a prayer and then we sent the whole church out to do work in their small groups, in their life groups, to do work in the, in the community. We sent people out to go to, I was talking to Chris the other day and he was reminding me, his group went to the laundromat over here and they had a sock full of quarters and they would just go 
to the laundromat and just say, hey, we're from LifeGate Church. We're just here to serve you. Can we fill up your machine with quarters? And could we pray for you today? Because it was all about people. How do we serve people in our community? One time we did this really crazy thing that I don't know if we'll ever do it again, but we did it at the time. And this is what we did. We came on a Sunday morning and we figured out what a Sunday morning offering about how much it would be at that time. And we took that amount and we divided it up into $50 and $25 and $10 and $15 and $5 and we put it in envelopes. And that morning we took up our regular offering and then we said, here's what we're doing. We just took up an offering, but today we're giving the offering back to you. And we gave them envelopes with $5 or $15 or $25. And we said, now this is not for you to go and uh, buy your lunch for your family today. This is so that you can go and use it. Pray and ask God what he would ask you to use it for to bless somebody and serve somebody in the community. Because here's what it was about. It was all about people. Here's the deal, man. Sometimes we lose focus on that. I sometimes lose focus on that even as your pastor. Because you know, when we first moved here, it was easy to focus on people who were lost so that they could be saved and healed and all that kind of stuff because we didn't have no people in the church. <laughs> there was four of us. I wasn't that busy, you know. I had time to pray for those people and do that stuff. And, and now, you know what, 14 years later, God is blessed and it's so awesome. And now there are hundreds of people who are part of LifeGate. And guess what happens? They become my focus. Not only that, I have teenage girls now who have stuff going on. I have a four-year-old who was never part of the plan, I'm just saying. But God has blessed us with another people in our house, you know. And, and I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. The opportunities to minister to pastors and the work that we do with pastors and other churches and, and all that kind of stuff. Stuff, and it's really easy to lose focus on the fact that the truth is, let me just tell you, just let me be real, real, uh, just open with you today. The truth is, is that I challenge you guys to, to pray for people that you know that don't know the Lord. And then when I get challenged to do that, I'm like, well, who do I know that doesn't know the Lord? In fact, a couple weeks ago when Pastor Scott challenged us in that, in our 2020 vision, I, I was thinking, man, I, there's only like one person that I know that's not a Christian. And you know why that is? It's because all of y'all... Like my whole life, my, the people I work with, all that I do is surrounded by church people, Christian people. And I'm looking at my life and I'm going, well, I don't know how to, how to reach people who don't know the Lord because I don't know nobody that don't know the Lord. Come on, how many know what I'm saying, right? And so the Lord's just dealing with my heart and, I, and I'm going, well, what do I do? And I just felt like the Lord just told me, I told you this a couple weeks ago, that I want you to act like a church planter. What does a church planter act like? A church planter acts like there's nobody in the church, so I got to go out and find people and get them in the church. That's how a church planter acts. And so God just said, act like that. And so I was like, well, I don't know what to do. And so one day I was scrolling through my Facebook feed, and a friend of mine who is a church planter about to plant a new church posted on there an idea that he was doing. And I thought, well, man, if he's a church planter and I'm supposed to act like a church planter, maybe I need to do what he was doing. And so I got my business card, and I went down to the local funeral home just around the corner over here and I met the funeral director and I gave him my, my business card and I said man I just want to serve our community I'm the pastor of LifeGate Church over here I'm sure you have people sometimes that come in that have a lost uh, loved one that they don't go to church and they don't have a family they don't have anybody to care for them during their time of need so I'm just telling you I'm making myself available if you need somebody to do the funeral or to talk to the family or to whatever I am making myself available for that I'm not charging anything I just want to be here to serve the people in our community because that's what's on God's heart 
Lost people saved. Saved people healed. Healed people discipled so that those disciples can be sent out to the rest of the lost people in our community. You say, Pastor, man, that's what I want. If that's God's dream, I want that to be my dream. So how do I do it? Well, just a couple things to just help you here real quick. I got four minutes in this service and I got four more points left. How many think I can do it? Probably not, but maybe I'll do it in seven minutes. Let's try that. You ready? Number one, here's what you're going to do. You're just going to pray. Everybody say pray. You're going to pray. Do you know someone that doesn't know the Lord? Here's where it starts. You start praying for them. You start calling them by name. Some of you say, I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. Here's what you do. You do what I've been doing. God put me in the path of people who are not Christians so that I can reach them. You're just going to pray. In fact, we're just making it available for you today. At your seat, there's a card like this. says, my one. Remember Pastor Scott told us that uh, each one needs to reach one. And so that's what we're just saying. If you know someone that doesn't know the Lord, then you just take this card and you write it on there and you take it with you and you put it somewhere, dashboard of your car, or mirror or whatever, so that every day you will see it and you will pray over it. This is what we're praying over in our 20 days of prayer. On Mondays of 20 days of prayer, we are praying for those that are lost. You just take the, that person's name down and you just pray. So everybody say pray. Number two, here's what you're going to do. You're going to serve. Everybody say serve. You're just going to serve. You're going to look for a place. Where can I serve? Just like I went to the funeral home and said, hey, that's something that I can do. I know how to do a funeral. I'm a pastor. I know how to be with people who are grieving. And so I'm just here to serve so that I can minister to people people who are lost. You just say, man, maybe God would put me, uh, would ask me to be an assistant coach on my kids' soccer team so I can get around those families and moms and dads and kids and just be a place to serve or the PTA board or the HOA board or whatever. In fact, it reminds me of what our pastor, uh, our youth pastor here, Pastor uh, Colton, did a couple of years ago. He said, I just want to serve the people in our community. So you know what he did? He went down to Centennial High School and he talked to the football coach and he said, hey, could I just bring some big old buckets or big old ice chests of Gatorade for the players at the football games. And the coach was like, of course you can bring Gatorade anytime you want to bring Gatorade. And so Colton went out, got Gatorade, and started just bringing it to football practice. And you know what happened? Those kids just flocked around there because they'd much rather have good taste in Gatorade than nasty old hose water at football practice. How I many you know what I'm saying? And so he just did that and he started to build a relationship with the guys and with the kids and, and, and the students and even with the coaches to the point where then they invited him to come back and be a character coach which meant he got to come to practice and be in the in the locker room to the point where now he goes to the games on Fridays on his day off you guys he goes to the games on Fridays gets in the bus and goes to the to the travel games with him sometimes gets home after midnight all because he decided I want to serve and then when he decided to serve it began to bring relationships even to the point where there's favor there and this past fall some of the students came. I think we got a picture of that. Some of the students, or do we not have the picture? If we do, put it up. There it is, yeah. Some of the football players came to youth service a few, a couple of months ago because they just said, man, we got to check it out and see what's happening there. And even to the point where the football coach, the head coach of the Centennial High School football team came to youth service just to check out what's going on at LifeGate Youth. And it was all because he said, I just want to serve. So you're going to pray. You're going to serve. Then this is what you're going to do. You're just going to connect. Everybody say connect. As you begin to pray and serve, God's going to put people in your life. And what do you do? You just build a relationship with them. 
You build a relationship with them for this intentional purpose of number four. You're going to invite them. Invite them to church. Everybody say invite. Invite them to church. Statistics tell us that about 60% of all people who were surveyed said that if somebody invited them to church, that they would come. That's six out of ten. I believe the odds would even go up after that if it was people who we've been praying for, we've been serving, and we've been connecting with. And then we make the invite. We bring them. In fact, we want to make it easy for you. We're doing something starting in two Sundays from now on February 2nd that we have not done since the early days of the church plant. I'm just telling you, God said act like a church planter, so we're going to act like church planters this year, and we might do some stuff that's different and weird and out of the box, we're just going to try it and just see what happens, and we're just going to go back and do some of the things we did before. So we're going to start a series that is intentionally geared to make it easy for you to invite your friends to come to church. Starting two weeks from today, we're doing a series called At the Movies. Got any movie bugs? in the house today you like movies what we're going to do is we're going to take modern day movies this is how Jesus taught anyway he took stories that people would recognize parables to teach truths about God and we're going to take modern day parables from the movies to teach truths about about God we're going to do ones like greatest showman and Avengers Endgame and even for all the all the girls out there we're going to do Beauty and the Beast in fact I will admit I have to watch Beauty and the Beast for the first time to even be able to teach on it I'm just saying we're going to do that and here's what the Lord just put on my heart about being a, like a church planter is that we're going to make things fun. We used to do things that were just, I mean, we just did it just for fun. And so what we're going to do during this at the movie series is we're going to have popcorn. We're going to decorate like a movie theater. We're going to have snacks at a concession stand type stuff. I know all the janitors are going to be really happy with us for all that. But we're going to do it. And then we've got movie characters that are going to be here. We've got Mickey Mouse and we're going to have characters from Lion King and stuff like that so the kids can take pictures with it. And you can put it all on your Insta stuff or whatever you want to do with that kind of stuff to just make it a fun and easy environment to invite your friends so that lost people can be saved and saved people can be healed and healed people can be discipled and trained so that we can be sent out to make a difference because it's all about people. And then one more thing, let me just tell you, I'm going to blow you away with this. We're going to have at the very end of this, it's going to be called Disney Day. We like, anybody like Disney stuff? And here's what we're going to do, at the very end of the series, on the fifth Sunday of that series, we're going to give away a trip, a, a Disney trip. Come on, that's pretty, how many like to win one of those? Here's how you do it. Here's, here's how you can do it. How many know uh, incentives are good, right? Incentives are good. So we're going to give you incentive. Here's what we're going to do. Every time you uh, attend during the At The Movie series, you can put your name, the name of your family, into a drawing that we'll draw out. But here's the deal. You can, you can even increase your odds. May the odds be ever in your favor, right? <laughs> we're not doing that movie, but maybe we should. We want to help you and increase your odds. Here's what you do. If you bring someone with you, their name can get put in there. Your name will get put in there for being there that day. But you can also put your name in there another time because you brought a friend. If you bring two friends, you can put it in there two more times. Three friends, three more times. Come on. Just continue to increase your odds. And at the end, we're going to draw it out, give away a Disney, a Disney vacation. And some of you go, man, why are we doing this? That's, that doesn't seem very spiritual. And it just doesn't, oh, you're wasting money on that and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, here's why we're doing this, because God loves people, and he will do anything and everything to bring lost people to be saved, so that saved people can then get free and healed, and then they can get trained, and those of us who are disciples of Christ, guess what the next step for us is, that we would be sent 
to a world that's hurting, doesn't know Jesus. That's my prayer. God, let your dream be my dream. Let the dream of my heart not be about have a bigger house or a nicer vacation or any of those things. I love those things and those are great and I want to do those things, but let the central focus of my life be about people, people that God loves. 